Your pastor, he's always full of jokes, so he does want to remind you that before you put frankincense and myrrh on your three-month stinky sweaters, please wash them before you come to church. Um, man, never, I'm just kidding. Help out with the fundraiser. Freshen those, those clothes up, guys. What's the name of the series we're in? It's your turn. What's our yearly theme? Rise up. We're rising up, and right now we're talking about it's your turn. We've had the pleasure to walk through many different heroes and stories of the Bible so far, yes? Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Some of these stories brought us joy. Yes? Some definitely don't. Some of these got us excited. What story in particular, somebody give a shout out, what story got you excited? David, David why? What do we like about David? He was ready to go. And he was less, he was considered rejected. When his father lined up eight brothers and didn't even qualify him as a man, remember? Some of these stories got us excited. Some of these stories also equipped us, yes? Yeah, that's my goal, right? Some of these stories convicted us, yes? Lots of conviction. Lots of that heart-to-heart, -heart, that reality, that what is God telling me this week? What am I, you know, my goal each week has been to send you home challenged. I hope I'm sending you home challenged to take a look at yourself and talk to God and equip yourself, right? Because it's your turn, right? There were some of these stories that scared us, yes? You know what my favorite scary one was? Samson. Yeah. Samson was so cocky, so arrogant about his mercy, grace, and favor that the Lord left him and he didn't even realize it. I, I, that's just right there. It's like it baffles me, right? You read the whole story and there's that one sentence and it's like seven words and you just glaze by it every time you read it. But I wanted to slow you down and point it out to you. Before he even realized that the Lord had left him. I just said this. When I started this series, it's your turn. It was my goal to equip, disciple, encourage you to find or embrace. You're either finding or embracing your greater calling. Yes? It's close to impossible to hear the story of Moses and not say to yourself, I want to be used like that, right? Don't you say that to yourself? I want to be used like that. It didn't have to be Moses. It could be anybody. It could be an Esther. It could be a Ruth. It can be a David. You're looking at these people and you're going, God, I want to be used like that. 
I want to have the faith to believe that God can part the sea, right? Don't you want that kind of faith? No? Nobody here, huh? I heard a couple uh uh-huhs. All right. Making sure you guys are awake. Don't you want to have the courage to stand up to a tyrant like Pharaoh? Right? I was born in 1980. It's close to impossible to be a young boy and hear the stories of Samson and not want to rip a wild animal's jaws apart and crush your enemies and bullies at school with the jawbone of the animal you ripped apart, right? You fantasized about this stuff. Or is everybody too woke these days to identify with what I'm saying as a guy? Come on. Where's all my real men in the house? There we go. That's what we thought about. Right? I wanted to be the strongest guy on the planet, right? That's what I wanted. I wanted to be Samson. I wanted to be David. I wanted to kill that Kill that giant, slay that giant, cut his head off. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine who defies the armies of the living God? A boy said that. The boy who came from shepherding to the war where his brothers were. Couldn't even put on the armor. He was so weak and small and fragile, right? Don't you want that? I heard one, mm-hmm, one, not an amen, not a oorah. Listen, it's impossible to hear the story of David and not want to defeat the obstacles in your life. To go from the rejected youngest of a small family to king, to king, same happened to Saul. But Saul's heart was never in the right place. And what happened with Saul? Because of his lack of confidence and his lack of obedience. What happened to Saul? He was replaced. Scary. Remember I'm telling you, there's scary things I'm saying. There's stuff I'm saying that's uh, uh, convicting you. Do you want to be replaced? Because guess what? God's got people in line. If God's planning on replacing you, he has your replacement set up like David. Right? That's scary stuff. You don't want to hear that. That doesn't sound like good news today, Chris. No, but that's the truth. The good news is you get to go to heaven. The hard news is you might get replaced while you're spending your time here. Am I wrong? Hmm. I've encouraged you guys to hear these stories. Identify with empathy. Everybody knows what empathy means. And take charge of your spiritual journey. Why? Because it's your turn. You know I don't like the word but. So however. However. What if these feats of courage and heroism and fighting against all odds are not what God designed you for? What if? I just pumped you up. You wanted to do all those things. You had a goal. I want this, right? You know what David wanted to do? He wanted to build the temple. 
He wanted to build the temple bad. Didn't he? But he didn't get to. He did not get to. What if I encouraged you today to grow to equip the next generation? Yeah. As we'll share in David's story here, what if you shed too much blood to build the temple and it's going to be somebody else? That's what happens in our story today. Interesting. What if God decided for you that you are not going to do what you considered cool and amazing, but what he considers cool and amazing? And a difficult task at that. You know what everybody has in common? Selfishness. Whether it's a level 1 or 100, everybody has a selfishness. So a difficult task is when you're going to mentor, disciple, and pour yourself into someone else for their calling, knowing that it's doing nothing for you. That's a tough one. That's tough. Yeah? So, today is Solomon's turn. However, it's really a story about David and his last calling. I'm going to start by reading. Everything should be in your notes. But I'm going to start reading 1 Chronicles 28. David summoned all the officials of Israel to Jerusalem, the leaders of the tribes, the commanders of the army divisions, the other generals and captains, the overseers of the royal property and livestock, the palace officials, the mighty men, and all the other brave warriors in the kingdom. David rose to his feet and said, My brothers and my people, It was my desire to build a temple where the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, God's footstool, could rest permanently. I made the necessary preparations for it, for building it. But God said to me, you must not build a temple to honor my name, for you are a warrior and have shed much blood. Yet the Lord, the God of Israel, has chosen me from among all my father's family to be king over Israel forever. For he has chosen the tribe of Judah to rule, and from among the families of Judah, he chose my father's family. And from among my father's sons, he was the youngest, the Lord was pleased to make me king over Israel, all Israel. And from among my sons, For the Lord has given me many. He chose Solomon to succeed me. He chose Solomon to succeed me on the throne of Israel and to rule over the Lord's kingdom. You guys know the story of Solomon. You know who Solomon's mother is, right? Bathsheba. You know the story of David and Bathsheba? So where I always remind you, God's the only one who can take a wrong and make it a right. Doesn't mean go out and commit wrong. It means God might take your wrong and make it a right. 
because God, because David sinned against his wife and his God and his people and everything when he took Bathsheba and had her husband sent to the front lines with his own signed death warrant order, sending him to the front to die, to get rid of him, to hide his sin. Yes? And then when she became pregnant, God cursed that child. David prayed and pleaded to God to save that child. And God said, no way. And that baby died. But then, but then, however, God blessed her with another child when he properly took her as a wife now, and that child was Solomon. And it was that child that God chose to be the next king. Amazing story, right? And it is through that bloodline of where Jesus comes from. Wow. Crazy. So, back to our story. He chose Solomon to succeed me on the throne of Israel and to rule over the Lord's kingdom. He said to me, your son Solomon will build my temple and its courtyards. For I have chosen him as my son and I will be his father. And, and, if Dan continues to obey my commands, if D continues to obey my commands, if Chris continues to obey my commands, go back to Solomon, and if he continues to obey my commands and regulations, as he does now, I will make his kingdom last forever. So now with God as our witness and in the sight of all Israel, the Lord's assembly, I give you this charge. Be careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God so that you may continue to possess this good land and leave it to your children as a permanent inheritance. And Solomon, my son, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. Worship and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind for the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. If you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. Want to get replaced much? So take this seriously, period. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. So take this seriously. Take this hour serious every week. This is the one hour a week that you get to set your sights on something to work on for yourself for the rest of the week. And plug in somewhere doing something. Call somebody around here during the week. Don't let your, don't let your spiritual tank run dry by next Sunday. Okay? So take this seriously. The Lord has chosen you to build a temple as a sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. And to close, I'm going to read this a little quicker. 1 Corinthians 29.10. Then David prayed. You know, Chronicles, what order are they in? Samuel, King, Chronicles. First man, man becomes king, king has Chronicles. Got it? Man, king, stories of kings. 1 Chronicles 29.10-28. Then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. Oh, Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, Jacob, 
May you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone. For you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion people are made great and given strength. O our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I? And who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you, and we give you only what you first gave us. We are here only for a moment, visitors and strangers in the land as our ancestors were before us. Our days on earth are like a passing shadow, gone so soon without a trace. O Lord our God, even this material we have gathered to build a temple to honor your holy name comes from you. It all belongs to you. I know, my God, that you examine our hearts and rejoice when you find integrity there. You know I have done all this with good motives. And I have watched your people offer their gifts willingly and joyously. Do you ever do something where you're like, God, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. I did this willingly. I did this rejoicefully, not grudgingly. And God still says, but it's not going to be you. It's going to be your son. That's what happened there. You know I have done all this with good motives. He wanted to build that temple from good motives, not from a place of selfishness, but from good motives. And I have watched your people offer their gifts willingly and joyously. O Lord, the God of our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, make your people always want to obey you. See to it that their love for you never changes. Give my son Solomon the whole-hearted desire to obey all your commands, laws, and decrees and do everything necessary to build this temple for which I have made these preparations. To slip in his little haze, I still did something. You hear that there? Then David said to the whole assembly, Give praise to the Lord your God, and the entire assembly praised the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and they bowed low and knelt before the Lord and the king. The next day they brought 1,000 bulls, 1,000 rams, and 1,000 male lambs as burnt offerings for the Lord. They also brought liquid offerings and many other sacrifices on behalf of all Israel. They feasted and drank in the Lord's presence with great joy that day. And again, they crowned David's son Solomon as their new king. There was a coronation ceremony yesterday. Wow, five hours. That was a good timing that I was doing this, right? They anointed him before the Lord as their leader, and they anointed Zadok, or Zadok as priest. So Solomon took the throne of the Lord in place of his father, David. And he succeeded in everything. Why? Why? He succeeded in everything, and all Israel, all Israel obeyed him. All the officials, the warriors, and the sons of King David pledged their loyalty to King Solomon. When your king is old and dying and you pledge allegiance to someone new, you best bet you have some kind of trust and faith in who they are as a person. Why? And the Lord exalted Solomon in the sight of all Israel, and he gave Solomon greater splendor 
than any king in Israel before him. So David, son of Jesse, reigned over all Israel. He reigned over Israel for 40 years, seven of them in Hebron and 33 in Jerusalem. He died at a ripe old age, having enjoyed long life, wealth, and honor. Then his son Solomon ruled in his place. David's last calling. David's last calling was to not finish what he set out to do but to pour into the life of somebody else and prepare them for the work to be done. And for some of us, that may be our only calling. You know? Number one in your notes, so I can get you out of here on time today. David discipled and equipped his son for his eventual calling. You read it there in that passages. He gave him instructions. Here's what you're going to do. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to do. And this will happen if you don't. Take this seriously. Right? Is that what you're telling your children? Your grandchildren? Maybe you had a missed opportunity with the first batch. That's okay. Are you teaching that to your grandkids? Or your nieces, nephews, the kids in the other room while you're over there with them. God told David that Solomon would be the son to succeed him as king. David had many sons. And after David's sin, the sword never left his house. His son Absalom, his firstborn, turned against him and would later die. Absalom, oh Absalom, my son. And his son, after adultery and redemption, would become king. Interesting. God told David it would not be him but his son that would build the temple. Isn't that fun when you tell God your plans? You ever heard the old phrase, write your plans in pencil because God's got a big eraser? You identify with that. Write your plans in pencil because God has a big eraser. It's nice to tell God what you're going to do, right? Lord, this is what I set out to do this week. You ever heard me tell you guys how God answers prayer? Yes, you have. Yes, no, and later, and you only hear one of those. You know which one you hear? That's it. Anytime you ask God something and he says no or later, you're like, God doesn't hear me. <laughs> there is no God. You doubt. Your faith gets in check. But then next week, God could do something amazing. You'd be like, that was so you, God i got to tell everybody about that. And then next week you're like, God, let's do this. What happened? Yes, no, and later. So, God told David it would not be him but his son that would build the temple. But I made all the preparations, God. I got everybody in Israel to donate all this gold, all this stuff. We've already, we've already scraped the ground. We excavated. We went down four feet. We brought the soil back up. We're ready to go. 
God, I'm the best foreman you ever had. I'm out here running work. And the superintendent showed up and said, nope. I'm pulling your plug. Your retirement party is next week. You're not the guy. Man, I'm sorry. That sucks. Especially when you put in all that hard work, right? What did David do, though, you guys? What did David do? Did he complain? No, you want to know what David did? He encouraged Solomon to worship, obey, and serve God so that all God's purposes in and through Israel will be accomplished. That's what he told him. David's job was to encourage, equip, disciple, mentor, and prepare his son for his calling. That's what he did in his ripe old age. Okay? What was the result? What was the result of David being obedient in that calling and letting it go? You know what his king before him would have done, Saul? He'd have built the temple anyways. That's why he was replaced. I'm hypothetically speaking, we don't know if he would have built the temple, but that was his attitude. Yeah? Anybody else do that? I prayed to God about this. All the signs and things that God are doing, it says no, but I'm going to do it anyway. How many times have you done that? I saw some eyes roll. Woo! All right, the results. What were the results of David's obedience? What were the results of David equipping, discipling, and mentoring the next generation? What were the results? The Bible says Solomon was, A, exalted by God. Was he not? Is that what you want, or are you selfish and you only want God to exalt you? Do you want God to exalt your children, or do you want to be exalted? We can say it. We can say it. I have two grown sons. We can say it. I saw this meme the other day. I posted it on my story. If you know me, I'm a power lifter. There was this meme, and it showed this skinny dad, and his son comes up to him, and he's like, Dad, will I ever be as big as you? And the next portion says, not if I can help it. And the dad's lifting weights, and all of a sudden he's jacked. You know, next to the son, he's like, hey, son. Okay? Is that what you want? (laughs) Solomon was exalted by God because David was obedient to that. God said, you're not building the temple. And David said, okay. He said, you're going to mentor, equip, and build your son. He's going to be the king. He's going to be one of the wisest kings ever. He's going to be great. I'm going to exalt him. He's going to succeed in everything he does. He's not going to sin against me the way you have. He's not going to sin against me the way kings in in past have. There was only two kings before him, but he's, he's not going to do and make the same mistakes so many have before him. And it's true. That was what Solomon's turn looked like. Solomon had it good. Solomon was the wisest man ever. He built the temple. 
Solomon did amazing things. People came to hear his wisdom. And the dude had 700 wives. He did something right. He was exalted by God. I'm not telling you guys to go have 700 wives. but You see what I'm saying here? He be, he succeeded in everything. He didn't succeed in most things. He didn't succeed in his career. He didn't succeed just in building the temple. He succeeded in his marriages, in his relationships to his kids, in his relationships to his people, in his duty as a king, in his duty as a leader, in his duty as a ruler, as a, as, in his duty as a mentor. In his duty as a servant of God, he succeeded in everything because he was mentored. Who are you mentoring? Show of hands that you're mentoring somebody. Okay. End of the year, we're rising up. I want to see every hand in the room. Kidding. This is a test. I want a 750-page essay. Do next Sunday if you didn't raise your hand about why you're not mentoring and who you plan to and what your goals are to equip, mentor, and disciple. <clears throat> I'll take it in email. I'll give you my email address before we leave. Don't let me leave. What else did he do, you guys? Here's what he did. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. He won the loyalty and obedience of the people. People don't like kings. You know what God said? When they begged for a king and he gave him Saul, basically he said, they're not going to be happy. I'll give you what you want, but you're not going to like it. You were good being ruled by me. Now you're going to get ruled by a selfish man. Well, he won the loyalty and obedience of the people. Why? Because he succeeded in everything. D, what else did he have? He had greater royal splendor and wisdom than any other king in the history of Israel. Why? Because he was mentored and discipled by somebody who let God tell him he wasn't going to do something and that he was going to do this instead. Okay? You're not going to build the temple. Your son Solomon is, and it's your job to make sure he's ready for it and he's ready to obey me and serve me like you do. Can you do that? Yes, sir. Did David succeed in that? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. David succeeded in that. How do we know the results? Solomon. How do we know? Well, Solomon ended up exalted by God. He succeeded in everything. He was the wisest king, and he won the loyalty and obedience of his people. David did it right. David did it right. Your key takeaway for this week. Never feel less than. If your primary calling is to mentor or disciple your children, family members, or another person, don't put the next one up until I read it. Love you, Eric. Good job, buddy. When I say that, he always goes hands up in the air like, I'm not touching anything. Sometimes the most impactful part of our calling is to disciple and mentor someone else. Do you know that? It's not about what you do. It's not about you. Sometimes the most impactful part of our calling is to disciple and mentor someone else. You want to give me, let me give you an example of that. When Skip comes up here and plays, and you all engage in worship, 
Can you all engage in singing and praising God? That's him impacting your life. You hear that? When your kids go over there to that small room, known at school, Miss Kelly over here, she puts together programs to make sure that your children are being mentored and discipled and loved, impacting lives. When I sit down and I put the time into writing out these sermons and I find this message and I create these series, the most impactful thing I'm doing is getting up here and sharing it with you to mentor, disciple, equip, encourage, and challenge you. Sometimes the most impactful part of our calling is to disciple and mentor someone else. It's not about you. It's only about Jesus. It's only about Jesus. God designed you to have a relationship with him. The only person ever on the face of the earth to actually walk, talk, and see the face of God was Adam before he didn't have sin. You ever heard somebody say, nobody's seen the face of God? Well, I beg to differ. Adam saw God. Because you know what the Bible says after they sinned? The Lord was walking through the garden and said, where are you, Adam? And what was Adam doing? Hiding. So if he was hiding, what did he do before he was hiding? He was there in the presence of God, face to face. And the only way that relationship between you and God could be restored was through Jesus. It's all about him. It's not about you or what you do. I have something here I wanted to read you again. We are here only for a moment, visitors and strangers in the land of our ancestors were before us. Our days on earth are like a passing shadow. It's not about you. Sometimes the most impactful part is going to be mentoring and discipling somebody else. Amen? Lord, I thank you today for the message, Lord. I thank you for... I thank you that you constantly challenge us, Lord. I thank you for that, Lord. You're challenging me, Lord. Lord, you know you put these things on my heart, and I put them on paper, Lord. I've either dealt with it or I'm dealing with it, Lord, but this is where it comes from. It comes from the heart you've given me, Lord, and I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you that we sometimes have to realize and step out of self and step out of character and realize that we're here to serve the purposes of you, and we're here to mentor, disciple, encourage, equip somebody else. Lord, I thank you for this story in the life of David and Solomon. I thank you for your ultimate wisdom, Lord. I thank you for the challenge that you've put out before us, Lord, to take a better look at who we're mentoring and discipling right now, Lord. Who that we are raising up for the next generation, Lord. For the things that we are going to be able, unable to do, that you have us prepping somebody else to do. I thank you for that, Lord. Let us be mindful of that this week, moving forward for the rest of our time here. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, sir. All right.